Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey guys, welcome back to another Cardinals Update podcast presented by me, Cardinals Update, or Jesus, or Duke. And yeah, basically just going to go over a few things this episode, kind of just previewing the, the Seattle game. Talking about DJ Humphrey's, you know, injury, Buddha Baker making his Pro Bowl, and just overall what's going to happen for the for the season finale against Seattle. Um, I do want to um, first say, you know, I kind of apologize for the last couple of weeks not being not putting that many episodes out there. You know, it was the end with the holidays, and then you know New Year's and stuff like that. So just I spent a lot of time with my family, and it was great to have them, you know, here, you know, seeing them and everything, which is always a great time. And that's why I just I wasn't really too active on social media, on Twitter, Instagram, and also just uploading these podcasts. Um, so yeah, that's kind of where, why I've been pretty inactive recently. But now that, you know, the off season's coming in, is going to be tough to be a little more active. But at the same time, you know, I've been doing this already for about four or five years at this point. So just, you know, the, everything that goes around the off season, just, you know, with players, uh, free agent wise, you know, maybe you get new coaches here and there. So just everything that's going to happen with this team regarding like the roster, the front office, stuff like that. Maybe new things, hopefully like Monty and Michael Bill will improve on, you know, with the, with the training facility, maybe with the stadium, stuff like that. So we'll, I'll be on top of everything. Um, for the people that mainly, you know, follow me on Instagram, if you don't have a Twitter, I would say, you know, follow me on Twitter. Um, that's, be, that's just because on Twitter, I, that's where I put, you know, most of the, like, the content out there in regards of like reports and everything. And on Instagram, I kind of save that for like the bigger reports just because I'm not trying to spam you guys with a whole bunch of, you know, posts and just every, you know, every couple of seconds about, you know, just minor roster moves. If it, if it is like a bunch of roster moves at one point, I'll just put it in one post. And that's usually what I've been doing uh, these past, you know, like year or two. 
it just doesn't clutter up the feed for you guys. So if you guys appreciate that, you know, just let me know. And yeah, so basically we'll hop in. Oh, one more thing before I do forget. Um, I have a new mic. So if you guys, you know, appreciate the mic, if you guys think it sounds better, then go ahead and just let me know, you know, tweet me, you know, DM me, whatever you guys feel comfortable with. So we're basically going to get straight into it with the DJ Humphreys. You know, he's out for the rest of the season with a torn ACL. And with DJ Humphreys, you know, you saw he kind of got rolled up on against the Eagles game and it just looked like, like he was in a bunch of pain. You know, DJ Humphreys, he's one of like the leaders for this team. And he, I mean, he's been one of the longest tenured Cardinals ever since he got drafted in 2015. I think he's, he's the only person re remaining from that 2015 team. I mean, he didn't play, you know, he was kind of took a redshirt year. He didn't play, I don't think, not one snap his rookie year. But then that second year he came in and, you know, expectations were high. You know, he's a first round tackle, you know, out of Florida. And I think, you know, so far, I think he, he hasn't lived up to those expectations. I mean, he was drafted later in the first round, but I think he's had a very solid career. You know, a few years have been up and down, but I think for the most part, he's been very solid in, you know, in, in the run game. He's been, you know, um, hit or miss in the past game, but I think having him out with a turn ACL is going to be tough, especially, you know, going into the 2024 season, that's something that you were kind of looking at, you know, to try and maybe replace, maybe not for 2024, depending on how his contract is, but for 2024, 25 or beyond. And with DJ Humphreys, I think a lot of people have looked at his contract, you know, in regarding like the injury guarantees and stuff like that, his cap hit. So I know for his contract right now, this is the last year. I think he's getting paid around 12 or 13 million, his cap hit for this year. And then after this year, the team has a potential buyout or a potential, you know, out option. I think I, I forget how they worded it on online, but he has an out for this year. The team has an out after this year. And then if they decide if they decide to trade him, cut him, or keep him on the team, if they do keep him on the team, I think his contract does last um, for until 2025. So, you know, for 2024 and 2025, if he's still on the roster, I think his cap hit somewhere around like 22 mil a year. So that's pretty extreme considering the fact that this year, a lot of people, especially in the beginning of the year when he wasn't, he wasn't playing very well to start off the year. A lot of people were saying that his contract, you know, his cap number isn't worth the 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 play that you see on the field right now and the, and his contract his cap hit this year was only about 12 or 13 million so you know you could only imagine next year whenever his cap hit jumps another 10 million if he stays on the roster up to 22 million and he does have an up and down season you know he's coming you know he has a torn acl you know two weeks before the season ends so going into 2024 is going to be something similar like how we saw with Kyler Murray. I mean, he is a lot older, but you're going to have a similar situation where you had with Kyler Murray where you're not going to probably start off this season with Humphreys. You know, maybe he, he heals quickly. Maybe he doesn't. You know, um, Zach Ertz, he tore his ACL not at this time last year, but he tore it pretty late um, into the season, you know, in 2020, uh, 2022. And he came back week one. And he was a starter before going down with another injury. And that's when Trey McBride kind of kind of emerged. But yeah, you probably expect DJ Humphreys. He's definitely not going to be playing with the Cardinals week one. You know, who knows if he's going to be on the team or if he's going to be on, on IR on the pup list or if he's going to be, you know, cut. Some people said maybe even retirement. So just the future with that tackle spot. 
and this offensive line is going to be really murky where you kind of before the Eagles game and especially even after the Eagles game, you know, seeing how everything turned out against the Eagles, seeing how you're able to run against that that defense, that de- that Eagles defense where it has, you know, pro bowlers, all pros everywhere. And you expect it to go into t- 2024 with the offensive line sort of as a strong suit for you just because you had, you know, DJ Humphreys. He was going to be hopefully coming back. If not, you have a, you, you'll get a solid replacement for him. Like if he was coming back for 2024, you weren't too worried about it. You were mainly looking at trying to upgrade that left guard spot, which has been sort of like a black hole basically this, this whole season. You know, people coming in and out. You had Car- Connor Carter O'Donnell, you had Elijah Wilkinson, you had um, Dennis Daly, just a bunch of different guys coming in and out. I think at center with with Hajay Froholt, you feel a lot better with him there um, with these last couple of weeks. I think in the beginning of the season, he did play, I think, very, very well. There was a stretch in the middle of the season where he, and I think the whole offensive line, I think it started against, against the Seahawks the last time we played him up until probably that Pittsburgh game or maybe a little bit before that where the offensive line was, you know, it was struggling across the board. I think the only person that was playing great was um, Will Hernandez, but he's been, you know, the best lineman that we've had. And, you know, I've said it time and time again, he's, he's been the best offensive lineman that we've had this whole season. You know, him, I don't think he's missed a game. He's, he's rarely missed any snaps. And, you know, when, whenever he has an injury, practicing throughout the whole week he somehow miraculously plays the the sunday and then you know, the next week he's he's just healthy so him being basically an iron man you know one of the one of the better guards that we have one of the better guards in the nfl i think this season he's been really great so both of those you know center and right guard you feel great and in paris he hasn't missed a snap this whole season you know he's been not as great as he was in the beginning you know, like I said, against the Seahawks, I think that's when this offensive line kind of started to struggle. And I think Paris was right in there with them when he was struggling for the middle of the season. But I think recently the offensive line has gotten back. You know, I don't I couldn't tell you what changed or what didn't change, but it looks like they're playing great again. And yeah, you want to just, you know, look forward to what you what you have for the offensive line in 2024. I think, you know, obviously you're going to draft someone for the offensive lineman. No, no matter where it is, if it's going to be a tackle that you draft um, in 2024, this upcoming draft, or it's going to be an interior offensive lineman, maybe a rookie for that for that left guard spot, trying to just get someone in there, or maybe someone for the right tackle spot, depending on how you see Paris Johnson and what his development is going forward. Um, in my eyes, I think the best possible chance that you have, you know, to have a great offensive line, especially with a DJ Humphreys torn ACL. I think the future would probably be moving Paris to left tackle and then drafting a rookie for that right tackle or maybe having, well, let me think about this because there's two different ways I think you could go about it. I think a move that, that kind of simulates what happened, what we did, what we did this year is sort of moving Paris to left tackle. So you have a left tackle spot. That's, that's a starter that, you know, someone that's, that's going to be solid in Paris that left guard spot, hopefully you get some some office alignment in free agency. I think someone like a Robert Hunt or um, I think there's uh, from the Dolphins or I think there is a guard from the Ravens. I think there's another guard that that's poised to hit free agency if they do actually hit it. I think if you get uh, a veteran at that guard position, I think it's going to do wonders for you just because, you know, 
with that guard position, especially having that interior, if you have it solidified with a veteran left guard, Froholt hole at the center, and you have Will Hernandez at the right guard, I think if you have that solitude in the interior, it's going to be great not only for Kyler in the run game, but also just as a whole, no matter who's back there, you know, throwing passes, whoever's back there running. I think being able to not get that interior pressure as often as, as you have been now, I think it's going to help Kyler's game improve a lot more. And also just as, as uh, for the team as a whole, I think running the ball is already a strong suit for them this season. As you've seen, you know, running the ball against a bunch of number one defenses, it's it's weird just because, you know, you play the 49ers and they're the number one defense in the NFL, but then you, you put up 200, 250 yards on them on the ground and then they drop down to, you know, Still top five, still a great defense, but just because you put so many yards on the ground on them, they kind of drop, you know, rushing defense-wise. And the week after, you play the Steelers, who were number two the week before, but now they're number one just because you ran so much on the 49ers. So so then again, you run the Steelers, and, you know, they drop down, and the Texans had a, had a solid defense. The Bears, I think, had a top defense, too. You ran on them, like, at will, sort of what mimics, like, Kyle Shanahan and, like, and like the, the Kevin Stefanski with the Browns, you know, they're able to run on whoever. And, you know, that's their game plan of they're going to set the run. They're going to that's what they're going to do. And I think the Cardinals have sort of fallen into that, which is great to see just because it takes a lot of pressure, you know, so off of someone like Kyler Murray, off of someone like a James Conner, too, where you can manufacture run yards without having James Conner there. Michael Carter has been great um, at times. Jim Mercado, he's been solid, too. And just no, not, no matter who you have back there, you know, someone's going to have a great running game or you're going to be able to manufacture yards and have a great run game that that entails, you know, helps Kyler Murray whenever he's, you know, he has to play Superman, you know, sometimes, you know, especially late in the games where he, you want him to go down and win you the game, he's able to have a solid run game behind him. So I think if you have someone, I think the best case scenario for for the Cardinals would be moving Paris Johnson to left tackle getting someone in free agency, a nice veteran. Um, I would say you spend a nice premium uh, on someone like the the Dolphins guard, or like I said, the Ravens guard, I think is coming out. Or there, there's another, there, there's a quite a few interior offensive linemen that seem great right now that you go ahead and plug and play at that left guard spot. You keep Froho at center. I think, you know, he has one or two more years left in his deal. I think you go ahead and play that out. Maybe draft someone later in, in sort of like a day three pick that comes in and kind of develops under Froholt. You have Will Hernandez. He's back at the right guard spot. You're you're okay with that spot. And I think at right tackle, you have a rookie. You know, no matter if you get a rookie in, you know, the first round, the second round, maybe even the third round, just a rookie tackle that you feel comfortable with that slides into that right tackle spot that, you know, you, you feel comfortable with him being right there just because of Will Hernandez, I think, Will Hernandez has done an amazing job this year being sort of like a mentor and being that that good veteran that's next to a rookie like how he was at Paris this year. So putting another rookie right there at right tackle, I don't think you're going to be too worried. At the same time, if you do take someone maybe later in the, the second round or maybe in the third round that he's not quite ready to step in day one, you have someone like a Kelvin Beecham who signed, I think, a two-year deal this past offseason. So He's played, you know, Kelvin Beecham has played left tackle in the beginning of his of his 10, 12-year career. You know, for the first couple, like, eight, eight seasons, he's been a left tackle. But since he's came to Arizona, he's been at the right tackle spot. And in my opinion, 
I feel like he's been a better right tackle, you know, when given the opportunity to play right tackle, you know, practice there the whole week and not just get thrusted in there in the middle of a game. I think he's played better at right tackle than he has at left tackle. You know, maybe hopefully during the Seahawks game, you sort of see Paris move, move to the left side, Beecham stay at the right side and see how that works out. Maybe get a glimpse of what you could see in 2024. That would be something that I think, you know, especially having so many guys out, and we'll talk about that later later on, but having so many guys out right now, I think, you know, why not, you know, the last game of the season, see what you have at Paris, moving moving him back to his natural spot at left tackle. You know, that's where he played at Ohio State. He played left tackle that whole senior, his junior season, and he was great. He was he was one of the best tackles in, in the in college football at that spot. So moving him back there, seeing how he how he handles himself, I think is going to be just great for his confidence. You know, I have all the all the confidence in the world for Paris Johnson for him being a great left or right tackle. I think he's going to be one of the best offensive linemen that we've drafted, you know, probably ever. But moving him to left tackle, I think would be great. Um, if you can't have in 2024, like I said, that lineup of Paris, a veteran, Froholt, Will Hernandez, and then maybe a Beecham or a or a or a rookie. I think something like um having having Paris move to left tackle. Um you have a rookie a rookie guard that you draft in the second round just because I think you know they're they're high on a bunch of guys. You know, the Michigan guard is coming down the draft. I think he's really good. They're high on Cooper Beesby, I think his name is. I think he's from Kansas State. They're also very high on him. I think, you know, that having a rookie in between Paris and also in between Froholt would be great. Just having someone there that's able to learn with two, you know, Paris is going to be a vet. You know, it, it's it's weird to say, but, you know, someone in their second year that's been great in their rookie year, kind of showing him the ropes and also having a vet like Froholt in the center just to give him pointers, I think would be great. Um, and then you go into next season, like I said, with the rookie at left guard spot, you know, depending on what rookie you get. I mean, if it's someone like a, like a day three pick, you're kind of a little bit worried, you know, Obviously, I think you're going to bring in a, a, a veteran guard regardless. But at the same time, you want someone someone a little bit younger there to just take the position and run with it for the rest of their careers, you know, for five, ten years, hopefully. And then you have, like I said, Frojo at center, Will Hernandez at the right guard spot. And then you just have Beecham at the, at the right tackle spot. And I think if you go into 2024 with either one of those two options, like I said, my my priority or my wish would be someone like, like uh, one of one of the better free agents that are coming into the um, in twenty twenty four, you know, having one of them play that left left guard spot just to have a veteran in there, and then you have a rookie at that right tackle spot. That's my choice. But if you can't do that, I just say you know keep uh, Beecham at right tackle and then draft you know a guard second third round to have him there um, play that left guard spot. So that's what I think. The move is should be for like offensive lineman in 2024. It sucks seeing Humphreys tear his ACL, especially late in the season like this. Um, just because it, it just it just it just it doesn't give as much clarity as it as it did before. Like I said, you were going into 2024 with the offensive lineman being one of the highlights of this team, and now you know you're losing your your left tackle. It just murkies up the water a lot more, and that's something that you didn't want, especially having so many holes. For this team going forward, you know, you're looking for basically a whole new defense. You're looking for corners. You're looking for D linemen. You're looking for edge rushers. You're looking for a wide receiver. You're looking for so many needs across the team as a whole that having another need and uh, a tackle is just 
it just murkies up everything and just gives you it just gives you more more questions and answers going into 2024 which sucks um it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So yeah, that that's basically the DJ Humphreys part. Um, for Buda, for Buda Baker, he made his sixth Pro Bowl, you know, fifth Pro Bowl in a row. And yeah, I just want to talk about that. Um, I think you know this season has been a down season, but he he was voted on by his coaches and his peers, other players across the league. And I think you know that speaks volumes for the type of character you know Buda Baker is and the type of player he has been and the type of player he's been building his career in Arizona. I know, I mean, if you guys follow me on Twitter, you know, probably not last week, I think maybe two weeks ago, um, Buda Baker kind of responded to me about, you know, I said that we probably should have moved off of them this offseason. I understand the reason why. Um, obviously, I didn't have this podcast, you know, in the offseason, but back in the offseason, I think I tweeted out or I put it on Instagram, you know, I put it somewhere where I basically said, at this point, you know, I think this was before Buda Baker requested a trade and that news broke. I, I was saying at that point, I think if you really are going to rebuild this roster, you know, you're going to cut. At that point, you haven't done anything with DJ Humphrey, uh, with DeAndre Hopkins yet. But there was noise going around the NFL about, you know, him being traded or being cut. You didn't know what was going on with, with Hopkins at that point. And in my eyes, I think I was saying, if you're really going to strip this down, then why don't you try and just trade Buddha just just to get as much as you can? He is 28 years old. Obviously, he is going to have a few more good years left in him. But him being a, a smaller safety, you know, 5'10", you know, 200 pounds, but also being more of a run support safety, not being the, the type of safety that, you know, takes the ball away that forces fumbles you know especially him being you know that kind of sort of box safety he doesn't really cause for uh force fumbles he doesn't really get turnovers that much doesn't really get interceptions um doesn't really just make those make those game-changing plays you know obviously he's he's a stud of a tackler he's one of the best you know tackle you know open field safeties you know in the nfl and he blows up run games whenever he sees it but i think you know my thought process at that time was don't make the same mistake like you did with Patrick Peterson. You know, in 2018, I think instead of, you know, when Patrick Peterson requested a trade, I think at that time would have been a great time to trade him just because the year after he he had one of the worst seasons in his, at that point in his career, probably even worse in his rookie season. And then the year after he, he just left in free agency and you really get anything out of him. 
I think at that point too, when he did request a trade, you know, Patrick Peterson back in the day, um, people are offering first round picks. Um, I think there's an offer from the Eagles for a first round pick and the Cardinals didn't take it. And then, you know, a year later, he just walks in free agency for nothing. So I didn't want that situation to happen with Buda Baker. Obviously, you know, I love Buda. He's, he's the face of this, of this team, of this defense. And he's one of the best players on this team. He's, he's one of the leaders, one of the vocal leaders in this team. And, you know, everyone follows the uh, like Buddha's mindset of, you know, having no fear and just doing everything you possibly can to to help this team win. And obviously, I think that's one of the main reasons why as well he wasn't traded, just because he is one of the leaders and just losing someone like a Hopkins, losing someone like, you know, all, all the guys that left in free agency, losing someone like a Buddha Baker. If you would have lost him or if you would have traded him, I think it would have been a lot tougher on this team and just having buddha there sort of helped you especially jonathan gannon and and monty awesome for you know them their new regime coming in i think that helped them just transition to to like having this new mindset and having this culture change i think he helped them at that point but you know now looking back at it i think you know it, it was it was a good thing that you that you didn't trade him obviously right now he's not having the best season he's he's had in a while i think Ever since his rookie or, or or his sophomore year, I don't I don't think he's been this. You know, he's he's missed time with because of injuries. But I think statistically, this has been probably one of the worst seasons he's had. And hopefully, he's able to bounce back in twenty twenty four with a more revamped defense. Obviously, in twenty twenty four, with free agency, you kind of look to you want to get a, a stud, you know, an, an alpha guy at the corner, the the CB one position. And hopefully, you know, maybe someone like a Jalen Johnson comes in if you throw a bag at him and he's able to come to Arizona. He helps out that he helps out that secondary so much that it gives Buddha, you know, less responsibility to try and clean up everything in the back end and just having him play a little more free and just going out there and playing his type of game. Um, hopefully you get some more edge rushers, probably from the draft, but also defense alignment. Hopefully you get one stud defense alignment. Um, in free agency, someone that's like a veteran in alpha that also comes in and just is able to to, to help out in the defensive front seven. And at the same time, that's going to help Buddha just so they're not covering as long. Because right now, I don't think we, we've had one sack, I think, just because someone pushed uh, Jalen Hurts out of bounds and that was considered a sack. But no really true sacks this for the past like month and a half, maybe two months at this point, where no one's really beaten their guy and gotten a sack. So hopefully someone comes in. I think, like I said, it's mainly probably going to be from the draft that you get someone in, and hopefully they're able to to, to play a lot better than what the edge rushers uh, group is now. But like I said, if you get if you just improve that defense, I think it helps Buddha and his numbers are probably going to go up. You know him, he's going to have hopefully a healthy season going going into twenty twenty four. And yeah, I don't think the Cardinals are going to do anything with him right now. Especially, I don't think they're going to trade him or cut him or anything. They just gave him a bunch of guaranteed money this past offseason. And that was probably, and that was one of the main reasons why he did ask for a, for a trade. I think that happened this offseason. And, you know, a lot of people were surprised, but I think it was more of a, he probably went up to Monty and said, if you guys aren't going to give me more guaranteed money, then go ahead and trade me. I think it was a situation like that. And the Cardinals gave him more guaranteed money and he stayed, you know, he, him and Gannon, I think him, Gannon and Monty, they all share the same mindset, which is, which is great to see. And hopefully, you know, for next year, uh, Monty Asifor did say that, that they picked up uh, Buddha Baker's option. So they did have a club option for 2024. They already picked it up well before the season began. 
So he's already, his money is already offset for 2024. I don't think you change anything there with the safety room, especially that being one of the better, one of the more solidified rooms that you have with him, um, with Jalen Thompson and also with Garrett Williams. I think, you know, he plays mainly like the slot slash, you know, I think both of them rotate and sort of like, you know, sometimes someone takes a slot in between Garrett Williams and JT and then Buddha's more of a free safety. So they all transition their roles on, on that defensive backside pretty often. But I think that room is pretty much set for 2024. And yeah, Buda Baker makes his sixth Pro Bowl. You know, congratulations to him. Obviously, it's like I said, it's a down season. But seeing him being recognized by the coaches and by his peers, you know, other players, I think that just speaks volumes to, you know, his value to this team and just him being on the Cardinals team. You know, someone, you know, whenever you play like the Seahawks or just anyone in general, they're always going to make an emphasis to point out Buddha and just, you know, they're going to tell the offense, you know, make sure you know where number three is because he could really mess up your day as an offense. So just having him on the team is, is great to see. Um, so going into kind of looking forward to the Seahawks game and just injury wise. So, like I said, DJ Humphreys, he will, he had a torn ACL. You know, they kind of announced that on Monday slash Tuesday. Um, Dante Stills, he was rolled out. Um, earlier today, today I'm recording it, it is Friday. So he was already rolled out and they put him on IR. So having Dante Stills being placed on IR for the last game of the season, it sucks just because he was having a phenomenal, you know, rookie season. Having him be a six round pick is great to see, but just, you know, him not being able to play this, this last game kind of sucks. But at the same time, you don't want more injuries to happen to him. You know, just have him sit the last game, you know, he's on IR and just save him up for 2024. And you know him coming back, you have a solid defense alignment. Hopefully you get a veteran next to him and maybe another rookie, maybe two rookies behind him or just to fight for that spot. But just having a big rotation of defense alignment, that's what Nick Rouse and Gannon say they, they love to do. They love, they love to have about five guys deep at that defense alignment position. So just having him being someone that, you, that you're able to trust going into 2024 is great to see. Um, Garrett Williams is also out. I think he he hasn't been placed on IR, but he's just out. Um, he had a he had an ankle injury. I think he was kind of rolled up on against the Eagles. Um, you're kind of worried just because it looked like he was in, in a bunch of pain, but it was just an ankle. You know, nothing too worried. He is out, but hopefully, you know, he's not on IR, so it, he's out. But the injury is not as bad, and you hope to have him. You know, just just rest this last week of the season going to the, uh, to the offseason in 2024. You know, a bunch of these rookies, too, I, I think this is an underrated thing that a lot of people don't even talk about for rookies, especially, like, these these late-round guys and guys that went to, like, the Shrine Bowl, the, the Senior Bowl, the East-West game. A lot of them, they haven't really stopped being, you know, working now. They haven't had a true, like, rest time since, since before their last season in college. You know, someone like a Dante Stills, you know, he... He's done he's done spring spring workouts in college. He had his his final season of college, and then after that, it was just straight into the draft. So working out, you know, be, getting prepared for the NFL, being drafted, going through rookie minicamp, going through the season, and just having just being not having a time to rest for in in about in more than a year, you know, is tough for anyone. Especially like I said, these rookies they that's a that's an underrated thing I think no one really talks about. So just you know them having an a nice break now after the season ends is going to be great. I think they're going to come out, you know, next year improved just because, you know, hopefully they take that second year leap 
especially under someone like a Nick Rallis and John Gannon. I think they're going to be able to have that that next leap, take that take that next jump, and also being able to have someone. They're going to add veterans, you know, on both sides of the ball this offseason. They have a bunch of money. They have about fifty million cap right now. Depending on what you, what you could restructure, you know, kind of extend some guys. Maybe um, you could bring that up to closer to 70, 80 mil in cap space and try and use that to bring in someone like a Jalen Johnson, bring in someone like, like I said, like a Robert Hunt, maybe someone like, uh, like another defense alignment, like a Christian Wilkins from Miami too. You know, both of them are free agents. Maybe someone like a Josh Allen from the Jags, you know, the edge rusher, just bringing a bunch of guys that could bolster this defense and, and just have it look so much different than what it did this year going into 2023. I think if you have a revamped defense, if you get at least two of those guys that I mentioned, I think this team will look a lot better, especially having 12, 13 draft picks and two in the top, hopefully 15, 20 picks this year, depending on what Houston does. You know, you're going to get a stud of a guy no matter where you pick with our first round pick. Right now it's at four. And I know a lot of people, especially on Twitter, are kind of talking about, you know, oh, we're not going to get Marvin Harrison. Oh, we're not going to be able to get uh, Marv because we're at number four. You know, no matter what happens, we're still going to have a top five draft pick, I think, you know, regardless. I think it, it could go drop down all the way to seven. Hopefully it doesn't. But you're going to have a top draft pick and you're going to get a stud, maybe Marvin Harrison Jr. You're probably going to get maybe someone like a Joe Alt, maybe someone like an Olu Fashino from, from Penn State. Or maybe someone like a like like a like a Newton from Iowa. I think either one of those guys are going to be stud, you know, guys in the trenches. If you do go that route again uh, this year, you have someone like a Joel who could just come in and play left tackle. You know, a kid that's twenty years old. You know, he's six eight, coming from Notre Dame. I feel like Notre Dame just turns out offensive linemen, you know, Hall of Fame offensive linemen every five to ten years, and he could be one of those guys that you plug and play the left tackle spot, and you're good with him there you leave Paris to the right side and you get maybe you get a veteran for that left guard spot and boom, this offensive line is fortified. You think for the next five years at least. So you're going to get a stud in the draft regardless. And then in that second round too, let's say you don't go for an offensive lineman. Let's say you go a wide receiver, you get Marv with, with our, with our first round pick. And then that, and then the next first round pick, you go for maybe a cornerback or maybe you go for an edge rusher. Um, with that second round pick that we have, you get someone like, like the guy from Washington. I think he's been great. The guy from Oklahoma uh, or Oklahoma State University. Someone like maybe someone in your own backyard, and someone like a Jordan Morgan from University of Arizona. He's, you know, a great tackle, and I think he could be plug and play here too at, at the left tackle spot, or maybe moving down to guard. Something like that. You're gonna get studs in this draft, you know, regardless of what happens. So just. Everything is going to be great there. Um, going, you know, looking forward to the Seahawks game. You know, a lot of people are really 50-50 with this. I think, you know, people see the vision of, you know, you want to beat the Seahawks. So, you know, it kind of goes back to how we were two years ago in 2021, where it was the last game of the season. The Seahawks came into our place to play Arizona, you know, here in Phoenix. And, you know, we lost. They, uh, they, the, the Seahawks beat us. And we lost the division that year. You know, if we would have won, if we would have been the Seahawks, we would have won the division for 2021, the NFC West, and we would have been ahead. The Rams would have would have traveled to Arizona, and maybe you know things play out different that year. Maybe the Rams don't win the Super Bowl. So, you know, a lot of a lot of a lot of things you know have ripple effects. But going into this final game, it kind of it's kind of 
eerily similar to that 2021 uh, final season game where the Seahawks are coming into Arizona. And at this point, you know, roles are kind of flipped. The, the, the Seahawks, you know, if they win, I think they're into the playoffs. But if they don't win, they can still, I think, maybe make the playoffs. But, you know, that, that chances of making the playoffs really plummets. So if you beat them, they're basically not going to the playoffs. So you're kind of playing spoiler with that last game. And if you're able to do that, you know, win a game, a game against a division rival, I think that just bolsters, you know, the, the coaches, the coaches confidence and the confidence for this whole team going into 2024. But if not, if you don't win, I also, I also see the other side where if you don't win, then you're automatically going to get, you know, a top draft pick. I don't think you're going to fall past four you know, for, for those wanting to get, you know, pick three or pick two, you know, regardless of what happens, I think the way I see it is Cardinals have to lose against the Seahawks. Then the, the Seahawks, or I mean, the Patriots have to beat the Jets. And then I think no matter what happens anywhere else, the Cardinals get the number three um, draft pick. It goes, it's going to go the Bears at one. It's going to go Washington whether they win or lose, I think they can stay. Or, I mean, things could change, but I think they probably stay at two. And then the Cardinals at three. And then you have the Patriots at four. So I know that's what a lot of people are are sort of wanting to happen. Just because this season's already lost, you know, might as well get a great draft pick. Might as well solidify yourself and with the, with the top three draft pick and say, you know what, the quarterbacks are going to go one and two, and we'll be stuck there having to choose the best non-quarterback in, in the draft which would probably be a Marvin Harrison Jr. And you get someone like a 6'4", Marvin Harrison Jr. out of Ohio State. You know, one of, I, I, I don't, you know, I don't like this, you know, putting generational on an athlete, you know, it's tough just because you have to live up to those expectations. But I think Marvin Harrison will live up to, to those generational expectations. You know, him having his father, Marvin Harrison, be a Hall of Fame wide receiver and his son basically being a bigger, stronger, taller version of him and playing wide receiver, you know, training to be a wide receiver ever since, you know, he basically came out the womb. So just having him come to Arizona is great to see. What would be great to see, hopefully happens in the draft. I think, you know, if we speak it into existence, hopefully it'll come back and we're able to make it happen. So, you know, sorry for the sidetrack. But going back to the Seahawks game, I think, you know, for those who do want to win the game, I think one of the main things that we have to rely on is same thing has been all season, just a run game. I think Seattle... I had a podcast not a couple of days ago with some Seattle Seahawks fans, and they said that their run their run defense has not been great at all. And basically, anyone and any and everyone has been running on them. And having someone like the Cardinals, who's who've been one of the best rushing teams um, this whole season, I think that's one of the main things that you want to do, especially just going against the Seahawks. You know, they've been they've been one of those run dominant teams that just ran on everyone this whole division. For the past 10 years so being able to, to do that to them would be great to see and just having a great game you know who knows if if Kyler you know leaves maybe halftime you know if they actually do a tank job you know they already have some guys that are already rolled out they have some guys on IR so just maybe just see what you have with some younger guys I think maybe at some at some receiver position maybe at some at the defensive line position at the edge position see what you have for the future I think that's what you kind of take with this game see what you have going into 2024 that you didn't really see this whole season. Maybe someone like a backup quarterback, you see what you have in Clayton Toon, maybe for the second half of the game, just to see, you know, going into next year. 
it's not a secret that Kyler has been hurt basically every season. So far, he's missed, you know, three a handful of games, three, four games. So you want to see what you have in a backup quarterback like Clayton Toon. Maybe he's able to, to play a lot better this week if he does get a chance to play maybe like in the fourth quarter. But um, also same thing with all the rookies that you have, maybe like a, another cornerback just to see how they play, maybe another linebacker. I think someone like Owen Papo, just having those game reps will be just – it's – you know, you, you can't say enough about having, you know, live game reps, especially in your rookie season like that. I think he has to show that he's been, you know, developing and getting better throughout the season. And hopefully, you know, no matter what happens, if, if you win against the Seahawks or you lose against the Seahawks, I think – no matter what happens, it's going to be great. If you lose, you know, you lose, you lose. You know, we've been losing a lot this season. But if that happens and you feel comfortable just because you have a great draft pick. But if not, if you do win, at the same time, you knock them out the playoffs and you feel good about that. And going going into 2024, regardless of where you pick in the draft, you know, you feel good that money's going to find a stud, you know, throw all the rounds of the draft. So that's basically what I have for you guys today. Like I said, um... Thank you so much for listening, and I do really appreciate all of you guys tuning in, downloading, um, responding to the to the podcast. You know, I do get a DM from you guys. I do read them, and I am trying to respond to everyone. It's just, you know, I'm getting it. I'm getting to everyone. But I do appreciate all of the love and support that you guys showed me. You know, whenever I tweet these episodes out, whenever I put them out on social media, you guys liking, retweeting them, you know, sharing them and stuff like that. It really does support this podcast a lot and just helps me in general. Just you know, just trying to make this a full-time career. So I do appreciate all you guys tuning in. And yeah, hopefully the next time we talk, it's maybe uh, a more, you know, we're going into into the off season. So hopefully more, you know, more free agency talk, more draft talk and stuff like that. So yeah, like I said, thank you guys so much for listening and I'll see you next time.